All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever, wherever you may be listening, thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode all about your Colorado Avalanche. And tonight, Colorado just finished beating the Chicago Blackhawks yet again in a very impressive 4-1 to victory. Uh, Colorado got back on that winning track after kind of a lackluster performance against St. Louis and beat a team they should be beating, uh, regardless of parity in the NHL. So uh, there's kind of a big gap between the Avalanche and the Blackhawks, and uh, this was maybe an opponent they needed to have at this point in time to kind of get back in those winning ways. So uh, we'll dive into that, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and yes, there was some ugly, um, which we will get into later, and we will also preview uh, the game tonight, for listening to this on Thursday, um, against the Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, no time to celebrate for too long with this game, because you're turning right back around, heading home to Denver, and welcoming uh, your best friends in the Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, first things first, and a couple housekeeping things to take care of here. First of all, uh, it is insanely windy outside of uh, where I record this. So, I, you shouldn't be able to hear it. That's not my concern, is you hearing the wind. My concern is my house blowing away. Um, so, if that happens, uh, I, I, hopefully I'll be back tomorrow for uh, another episode. But, man, it is, I've never seen wind like this in my life. So, um, it's pretty crazy. Having said that, um, follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram and Instagram and Facebook. Fa- wow. Instagram and Facebook. There we go. Uh, just search Lockdown Avalanche and send those emails over to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. Send as many emails as you guys want because, uh, you know, in the near future, I really want to do some, some mailbag segments, get you guys included in the show, um, answer any questions, read just your comments. doesn't have to be a question, but just send them in, lockedonavalanche at gmail.com, um, or just comment on any social media posts that I put up, and uh, we'll get it included in the show somehow. Um, all right, so Friday, there most likely won't be a show because I am going to a show or a movie. And uh, really only one movie that's relevant this time of year, and that's Star Wars. So, yes, I am a big Star Wars fan, geek culture. Uh, You can listen to my other show, The Enthusiast Life, that I do with my buddy Mark. Um, And that show is all about stuff like, yeah, Star Wars, Marvel, comic books, uh, sci-fi, Netflix, all that fun stuff. So um, I I am that guy that bought my ticket, the... uh, the day that tickets went on sale. Um, so, and that day is tomorrow. Uh, so I, or th- it's actually Thursday night is when I'm going to the movie, but it will be running late. I'm not going to have time to re- record. I will probably miss uh, most of the game live. So I'm just going to have to record it and watch the recording, which I am fine with, but I don't want to do a show kind of unprepared. So I'll probably hold off on a show for Friday and probably, Kind of get like a 
I guess, a bonus show in for Saturday. So uh, there won't be a show on Friday. Most likely a show for Saturday to kind of make up for that um, and kind of go over the Carolina game. So, But for right now, we are going to talk about the Chicago game. And uh, like I said, Avalanche with a dominating win, um, 4-1 to one over Chicago. They, they've got Chicago's number. I mean, and I'm not trying to talk down to the Blackhawks or anything like that, but um, it seems like a lot of teams have the Blackhawks number this year. Um, and it's kind of showing in the standings there. Like I said yesterday, it seemed like they were trending up for a little bit. But they have kind of crashed and burned uh, the last couple weeks. So um, really since the Avalanche played them in a back-to-back, um, they haven't really recovered from that too much. So um, this was uh, kind of a good opponent at this point in time. Even though the Avalanche you know, are, are playing extremely well, just the way they lost that St. Louis game, they didn't play their best game. If you played a good game and you lost either in overtime or you just lost by one goal and you you kind of fought hard, um, you could say, okay, tough loss. Uh, we'll, we'll come back next game and just, you know, get back into the flow of things. But the way they played that game, just, just very blah. Um, didn't really have any oomph to their game um, like you're used to seeing with this team. So it was good to kind of turn around just one day off and bam, right back on the ice. And yeah, this was this was Colorado Avalanche as we have seen them um, most of this year. I couldn't help. This was the first time, maybe an extension from the St. Louis game going into this game, where I really missed Kale McCarr and what he can bring. I mean, obviously he's a talent, and yeah, you miss him from day one. But just what he does to your your transition from you know defense to offense and what he brings. It's kind of a glaring thing right now that the Avs don't have that. His transitional speed, um, turning defense into offense, his offensive ability, his skating ability, just everything that he brings, I think is like they need him back. And it's crazy to say that about um, a guy who's only played 30-some games in his career. But, man, like it's just been the past couple days where, where I have really said – that wouldn't have happened if Camel Carr was on the ice. And I've said that a couple times in the, uh, the, the St. Louis game and definitely in this game. Um, so he, he's wanted. I haven't really heard any update on him other than, you know, he is skating. I think he's still skating in the red jersey. So he should be soon, but uh, they need him back in a, in a really bad way. So um, the good that went on in this game, obviously the Avalanche win, so that is good. They really just imposed their will on Chicago. Um, they they have the skill, you know, they have more skill players than Chicago does, and we know the skill players on Chicago, um, and and they really kind of held them in check, uh, and and the Avalanche really were doing what they wanted to do. And we'll get into the bad because they, they were doing what they wanted to do. We'll get into the bad in a minute, but they weren't capitalizing on that. That is the bad, which we will get to. Um, but the good is they, they were really in control almost for a full 60 minutes. There were a couple times, sure, in any game, 
um, even the team that loses, there's going to be moments of the game where they, uh, you know, possess the puck for long periods of time. Chicago had that, but, uh, you know, I think even without Cam McCarr, the Avalanche did a admirable job on defense, which they have been doing, you know, thanks to Nikita Zadorov, who played another solid game tonight in, in defense. So they, they kind of didn't let Chicago get anything going really offensively. As far as the Avalanche offensively, um, 19 shots on goal in the first period. Um, and we haven't seen that in a while. Like, yeah, they score goals in bunches and they're an offensive team. <clears throat> but they really hadn't had a, a period where they had that many shots on goal in, in, in a while, I want to say. Uh, so it was good to see, you know, they were offensive-minded. Took the crowd out of it for the entire game, with the exception of when Colorado, um, when Chicago tied it up. Of course, you know, the crowd's going to be into it. But after that, it I mean, that must have been a boring game to go to if you're a Chicago fan because they, they just had nothing going for them. Um, we'll kind of get into the goals here. Uh, Ian Cole started off the scoring for Colorado with his second of the season. Uh, so let's take a listen to that through the, the game was on NBC. So it was a nationally televised game. So let's listen to the uh, call when on Ian, Ian Cole's goal. On Murphy marks him well. Colorado keeps it on the outskirts. Landis Gog, Cole, shot, scores! Ian Cole from downtown. 11-19 left to go in the first and Colorado off and running. So a nice goal by Ian Cole right from the point on a nice pass from uh, Landeskog. And and this is what I mean when Colorado was kind of imposing their will and kind of doing what they wanted to do and control most of the game. This was a 5-on-5 goal, and it seemed like it was a power play. Uh, nobody was around Landeskog when he made uh, that, that cross-ice pass to Cole, and nobody was around Cole when he took the shot. So... Um, you know, it's only his second of the year, but he it looked like he had been, you know, maybe his 30th of the year, the way that this play just developed and Colorado seemingly just roaming free where they wanted to in their offensive zone. So um, Chicago then tied it up um, kind of on a really bad play, which we'll get into in the bad section on Colorado. And and this is where and, – and Francois got the start, by the way um, – and which he deserves. And I just want this guy to get a shutout. Uh, so maybe people can kind of take notice of what he's doing. But he, he just gives up those one goal games. How many has he had this year? He's had a handful of them. Um, and he he's he's your guy right now. I know Grubauer will probably play tomorrow. So he'll get back into the flow of things. And I'm not saying... Franco should be, you know, taking over, but he should just be considered the starter right now because you got to play the hot hand. He's the hot hand, um, and I and I and I'm backing Grubauer. Like I, I, I think he's a great goalie, and I think he's the goalie of the future. But you got to have. It's almost like having dual running backs in football. You got to have two goalies right now in this league, and Colorado has two goalies. So another great win, or yeah, win and uh, just game and goal by Francois. So Carpenter tied it up. Um, and then that was it for the first period. We go into the second period, and the one and only Nathan McKinnon with a gorgeous goal. Here's the call on that. And 
Anton Lindholm gets support. Run out by Miko Ranton in through center. Skate to stick, McKinnon, and he scores! What a bullet! Nathan McKinnon off the bar and in. 12-11 left in the second, 2-1, to one, Colorado. And we talk about the speed of Nathan McKinnon. Somehow he gets in behind Duncan Keith and goes top shelf on Corey Crawford. So another goal by Nathan McKinnon that you probably should go see to believe. Just everything about this guy is so uh, just meticulous and 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 not. It's not. It's almost like he plans all of this. <clears throat> um, and and he he received a pass and just with his outside the pass was coming from his right. So his left skate kind of kicked it forward just as he's crossing the blue line, wasn't offside, took two really quick strides and just fired it. Crawford didn't even have time to react. Most guys would collect the puck, still do this very quickly, um, but McKinnon does it quicker than your average player, and it's just incredible to watch him do this stuff. Um, and, you know, hitting, and he went on the opposite side of the net, just things that you and I cannot do, and you're just in awe of when you you watch this guy play. <clears throat> so uh, he made it two to one, and then maybe Burkowski, you know, we'll listen to uh, that that goal. Um, that one might have been prettier because he he pulled it back and fired it through the legs of the defender, pretty much using the defender as a, a shield of his own goalie. And Crawford, again, didn't even see it coming. So here's the Burkowski goal. Captured here by Kirby Dock. Up down, carried in Burkowski. His shot scores! Andre Burkowski with a bullet. 9.52 left in the second. Colorado with a two-goal lead. It's all year long. Turnover here by Kirby Dock in the middle of the ice. And here come the Avs. And here's that speed and the shot through the screen. And sometimes for a goaltender, Edzo, that can be awfully difficult to pick up. And Burakovsky shooting it through the legs of Mata. A perfect spot. Yeah, just a gorgeous goal. Kind of uh, picked up the puck in the in the neutral zone. Kind of circled around into his own zone on the right-hand side. And just, like I said, kind of pulled it back in towards him and fired it right between the defender's legs. Just once, I want to know. It's almost like dunking. Like, I want to know what that feels like because it's just the skill level um, of everybody in the NHL right now is off the charts. But to have that many skill players on this one team, uh, we're looking good. So uh, Miko Rantanen added a uh, empty netter. And uh, there you have it in terms of goals and final score, 4-1 to one avalanche. So um, is there bad? Yeah, there's bad. Um, <clears throat> the one goal that they gave up, and, and I only mention this because, like I said, I wish Francois could just get a, a shutout. I think he does have one. I could be mistaken on that. But um, uh, Mark Barbario had the puck behind the net, and he kind of turned around and he saw, uh, I don't know who it was, but it was a Blackhawk coming at him he wasn't right up on him but I don't maybe maybe he didn't think he was that close and he kind of just threw a a, not a no-look pass he just threw a pass against the boards to nobody and it was intercepted and then that's how Chicago got their one goal so and and that that's something that 
Coach Bednar has talked about a lot is kind of like turnovers in in the defensive zone. He's mentioned that a couple times in post game press conferences where he's not too happy about that, and I don't think he's going to be too happy about that one. Um, there was a little bit of there was one sloppy play by Francois. He almost got called for playing the puck outside of the trapezoid, which you never see. Um, and he, I think he was going to play it, and he just whiffed on it or else it would have been a penalty. He still got called on a penalty for interference, I believe it was. Um, but he just went to go clear the puck, and it just went right off the tip of his stick. So it didn't go that far. It went into that zone that goalies can't go into. And I think it was just a reaction to go after it. Um, led to a power play, but no harm, no foul. The thing that they really got to work on is – they had a lot of odd man rushes in this game and didn't produce anything off of them. That, like I said, with the skill level and skilled players of this team, that cannot make Jared Bednar happy. They tried to get too cute too many times on these odd man rushes, and they had a ton of them. And sometimes, and almost on all of them, they made a pass instead of taking a shot. And I'm not saying take a shot every single time. You know, you have an on-man rush, you want to maybe get that extra pass in, get the goalie out of position. I get all that. But it was, it seemed like every single one was a pass. There was one Nachuskin just held on to it way too long. And when he eventually tried to make the pass, the defender was in position. They didn't even get a shot on net. That That's not, at least get a shot on net a couple of times. It seemed like so many of these odd-man rushes ended in nothing so that needs some work for some reason uh it just wasn't there for this game um other than that that's the bad and then the ugly which is the thing that everybody's going to be talking about is the gerard hit on debrinket um he, you know debrinket was coming up with a lot of speed on the right hand side and just as he's getting to the red line behind the goalie, pass it off. Wasn't taking a shot. Um, he was just passing it behind the net. And Sam Gerrard gave him a nice shove that was scary. Um, I I just reacted when I was watching the game and kind of like put my head hands up to my head like, oh, my God, is he okay? He was flying. And um, was it a late hit? I, yeah. Um was it a, a dirty hit? I don't, again, I don't think Gerard meant to injure him. But now what everybody's going to be look at is I had given Gerard a one of my uh, three stars of the week simply for getting into hand-to-hand combat, and he got into that fight with Debrinkat. So they have history there. Um and I obviously Sam Gerard hasn't let that go, so he gave him a nice shove. It wasn't you can't even call it a check because he didn't hit him with his body, he didn't hit him with his hip or his shoulder. He extended his his arms and his stick, and he pushed him into the boards at full speed, and that was dangerous. Is there a suspension coming? Doubtful. Um, the odd thing is, Gerard didn't even get. A penalty for it. Chicago did because they retaliated and they kind of fought. Well, they did fight. I mean, it not you know wasn't dropping gloves. It was just a scrum, and they got called for the penalty, <laughs> which 
this is kind of unfair in that situation, but um, I didn't like the hit. I really didn't. I think, you know, you're above that. And I think that just goes to show you that Sam Gerard isn't really a fighter because he got in, you know, that one fight and he's still not over it. If it was maybe somebody like Zadorov, he'd probably just check the guy and not, you know, really care and move on with his play. But Sam Gerard obviously holds a grudge. Maybe these guys have a history before that fight even happened. I don't really don't know. But um, I didn't like it. Um, I think he's got to be better than that. Um, and it was in just flat out dangerous. Uh, if again the the speed he was going at, um, this is how Eric Johnson got hurt. You know, it, he had reflexes and it could have been disastrous. This was that style of play. Really, really scary thing. So, um, like I said, I don't think there's a suspension coming, but hopefully Sam Gerard got it out of his system and. Um, these two can be friends for life. That would be nice. All right, so welcome back in uh, Colorado. Still two games in hand over the Blues, and with the win, their record goes to 22-9-3. 47 points, and uh, by the margin of victory in this one, they are now plus 31 in the goal differential, which takes over the lead league. I am almost positive. Checking very quick. They do. So... Um, Next up is the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, this is kind of like the the Colorado Avalanche, kind of like best friend, if you follow these guys on Twitter. It's kind of funny watching this kind of like bromance between the two uh, franchises. So um, Carolina is performing well, 21-11-2, 44 points in total. Um they're in the division with Washington, so and the Islanders, who are actually playing well. They're tied in points with Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh, I think has a game in hand. I'm not sure. Eh, it don't matter. Um, but yeah, Carolina is a very uh, game team. They are averaging 3.26 goals per game, while giving up 2.62. Uh, they convert on 24.3% of their power plays, which is very good. And they kill 86% of their power plays, which is pretty good as well. Um, in terms of team stats, they're, they're challenging me here with their team or with their, uh, player names, which obviously I'm brutal at. So Andre Shvetsnikov, uh, leads them in points with 35. Sebastian Ajo leads them in goals uh, with 20 and Tuvo. I God, he trips me up. The TNT Tuvo Trevanian butchered it. Uh, leads them with twenty-seven assists. Uh, Joel Edmondson leads the team with penalty minutes in forty-one, and Dougie Hamilton uh, leads them in plus-minus, and he's up there in the league lead actually at plus twenty-one. So um, we don't get to see these guys play that much, so it's kind of uh, always good to see these east coast teams play in denver for that one time of the year um and like seeing like these good teams come in and uh challenged by the avalanche and the high altitude but this should be a good game um carolina has a, a very good team expected to do kind of uh, good things this year compete for a stanley cup uh, anything is possible so when you have matchups like this you're always going to hear the uh, is it a Stanley Cup preview? Maybe people aren't doing it with Carolina just because how well uh, you know Boston, especially Washington, are doing. 
But uh, Carolina can be that sneaky team that sneaks in there and upsets some teams in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, this should be a good one to, to look forward to. So uh, that is going to be it for tonight or today or in the morning, whenever you're listening. Um, and like I said, no show on Friday because I have to go see how Star Wars ends. And um, until then, subscribe. Thanks for listening. And here is Joby. Go, Abs, go!